Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is when you're tuning in to check out The Best Season Is Now with me, your host, Mike Buckman. Hope everybody's having a good day. And today we are going into part two of postseason scouting. But before we jump into that, wanted to touch base on a couple things that we have coming up here for the Eastern Shore. So anybody here listening on the Eastern Shore, if you have some kids, in Delaware and Maryland, we are going to be doing our third annual Delaware Youth Trout opener. So we'll be in Newcastle County, and that falls on April 6th. The season kicks off for the youth a day prior to the adults are open to everybody. So April 6th at 7 a.m., the season kicks off. We will be there much earlier than that to be set up and secure a couple spots there on the, on the creek. We will be fishing in a couple different creeks. So stay tuned to check out our social media and we will drop some info there. And anybody interested in finding out more about it, you can reach out to me as well at Mike at NetworkOutdoors.com and I'll be happy to share some more info with you. But Delaware has been a great success over the last couple of years. This will be our third year. We're super excited for it. Uh, last year, we had a fair many of the kids come out and everybody got their limit. Everybody had a great day despite the, the rainy weather that we had last year. And we're excited to announce that Maryland is finally following suit after Delaware, and they are also doing a youth trout season. So they're going to open up again a day prior to the regular season, allowing the youth to be able to get out there and, and not have the crowds to contend with and have some fun catching some fish. And that is going to be March 23rd. So March 23rd will be the first one, and that'll be with Maryland. And we'll likely be in the Fairhill area on the Big Elk Creek for that. So stay tuned again to the social media and watch for more information to drop there on both of these events. But we are super excited to have two of these to do now and get some of the kids out there on the creek and get them having some fun catching some fish. And with the Delaware section, we are going to pair up with the Delaware Fly Fishing Club and we'll have some instructors and some folks that are going to be out there that are going to have all the equipment needed. So anybody that has any kids that are maybe interested in thinking about fly fishing, this would be a great opportunity to get out there and have the kids come out. All they need to do is show up. Uh, I even have a couple extra pair of waders if you don't have them. So ideally, if you can come in some boots, some waders, and we can put you with some people that are absolute top-notch fly fishermen that know a ton. They've been doing it for years and years and love getting youth involved into it. And without the crowds on the stream and tons of fish there to be caught, it's a high probability that the kids can have some success with the fly rod as they're learning how to do it. So anybody, again, wanting more information on either one of these, you can reach out to me at mike at networkoutdoors.com for an email, or you can hit us up on social media. You can find us on all the platforms at Network Outdoors. So now that that's out of the way, there's one last thing I wanted to talk about, and that is our shop on the website, networkoutdoors.com. Go to the shop, and we just dropped some new shirts. Uh, if you watch the YouTube channel, any um, we have uh, one I'm usually wearing is a Shed Hunter shirt. So check out the website. There are multiple different ones there to available to be purchased now, and we're excited to have them out there for everybody to get. So check those out, and we appreciate all the orders. So now that that's out of the way, we're going to jump right into postseason scouting, part two. 
last week we went over some things more geared toward trying to hone in on finding a mature buck, but not everybody is as excited as, as I am or others to, to only hone in on mature bucks. Some people just, and, and just want to kill deer. So what you can look for and what you can capitalize on this time of the year to get yourself into a good spot for early season next year to just put me in the freezer, whether it's killing a, you know, a legal buck, whatever that is in your area or putting some does in the freezer. And uh, that's something that I know my son and I, we absolutely love doing. I love putting some does in the freezer. We, as a family year, we go through probably eight to nine deer a year because once, uh, once we put the meat in the freezer, we don't really buy any beef. It's, it's all deer. Uh, tacos, lasagna, spaghetti, all of it runs through deer and we thoroughly enjoy it. So hopefully this session here will give you some insight on, you know, what you can do and, and how you can capitalize on this time of the year to be able to be successful for the upcoming season for any type of deer you're trying to kill, whether it's a mature buck or whether it's just putting meat in the freezer and killing any legal deer that's out there to be had. So first and foremost is is boots on the ground after the season is, is paramount. I mean, you, you, you do your virtual scouting, and I do a lot of virtual scouting during the season and postseason as well, but Postseason scouting with boots on the ground is it's a different type of scouting. Again, you don't have to worry about the scent you're leaving behind, your entry, your exit, uh, the noise that's being made, the people that are, you know, if you're taking other people with you, which is something I strongly encourage this time of the year, great time of the year to get, get kids involved and get other people out there because the sign is just a lot easier to see right now. Uh, you know, you got trails that are very prevalent. There's, there's no leaves on the trees. So everything's are open. Uh, transition lines are easier to pick up. Rub lines jump out for sure, just because there's no green up. They 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 stick out like sore thumbs this time of the year. So it's a great time to get out there and just put boots on the ground versus e-scouting. And this time of the year is as well one of my favorite to to get into new areas, go into places that I did do some virtual scouting, but now I want to put boots on the ground. I didn't get to hunt them this year. Maybe some of them, you know, you did dabbled in a little bit here and there, but now is the best time that I believe to go in there and really get to know the area. But don't overwhelm yourself and try to do it all in one shot. Because if you try to do that, I feel like you miss certain things that are key factors into things you need to look for. And by just trying to cover too much ground too quick, you miss some things. So slowing down and gridding out an area. And, you know, if you got a big chunk, that's a couple hundred acres of state land that you want to kind of kind of mosey through and see what's what, break it up into sections and, and really cover all the areas, turn on your tracks and really look at where you're going. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times, you know, you, you do a lot of walking and don't get discouraged if you don't find, you know, that, that wow area, the area that you're like, okay, this is, this is it. This is, this is where I need to be because I can tell you from experience, you know, I've, I've, I walk hundreds and hundreds of miles throughout the season and throughout a year. and the amount of spots that you come across that are just like, Oh wow. Like this is where I need to be. This is what I, this is where I need to figure out how to get into, get out of. And this is where I'm going to kill my buck. You know, I, I probably find those one out of every, you know, three or four trips in walking 10 plus miles each trip. So don't be discouraged if you don't find that spot that, you know, you know that this looks like the area where you're going to be able to get into some deer and kill some deer. So, and and don't take it as a bad thing that you didn't find that learn from what you're looking at 
and then adjust from there. You know, if you did any virtual scouting, look at what you're seeing from the aerial photos, look at, pay attention to what the, the scenery looks like. And if you have different apps, I think most of them now, I, I, again, I'm partial to HuntStand. That's one that I use and I know that they do monthly satellites. So if you're looking at monthly satellites, you can kind of get a gauge for what's what as far as hardwood types and such like that. So if you're looking at these aerial photos and you're now you have boots on the ground, look at what the aerial photos look like versus what the territory and the terrain is that you're walking in. And then you can use that to your advantage and get better at your virtual scouting. Because once you're taking note of what you're seeing on the screen and then putting boots on the ground, you get a lot better at understanding what it's going to look like before you ever step foot into an area. And that's a huge advantage. So you can kind of eliminate some dead zone areas that you feel like, you know, or save them for the end and get into those core areas that you want to find the fresh sign and, and get in on deer for next year first. So go cover the hot areas first. And the reason I suggest that and the reason I do it that way is simply because I'm looking for shed same time I'm out there. So if I think I see an area that's going to be dense and heavy in deer population, that's the one I'm going to hit first just because I'm hoping to pick up sheds in the process. And then I'll go cover those other areas after that. But again, don't get discouraged if you're out there and you're walking and you're not finding the sign that you want to see. What you are learning is that, you know, maybe that's an area that there's just not a lot of deer in. Is there not a lot of browse or not a lot of forage? Whatever the reason is, try to figure out why there's not deer there as well. Don't always just focus on the areas that you found deer and you know there's deer as to why there's deer. Look at the other areas where there's not deer and, and also try to pinpoint the difference to learn why the deer are not there. So, you know, just because you're not finding them doesn't mean you're not gaining any intel. Sometimes you gain more intel that way than you do when you do find them. If you break it down and look at why they are there versus why they're not there. And sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. So just remember, stay focused and, and move through from spot to spot and don't get discouraged. And again, with a big property, don't overwhelm yourself trying to look at it all at one time. Slow down and look for different sign to give you intel, whether or not you're looking for just overall deer density and trying to find a heavy area to get in there and shoot some does. That's where you're going to find your beds that are multiple beds. There's going to be a bunch of beds together. If you're getting into spots and finding just, you know, one bed here and there, uh, you know, that tends to be more of an area where you probably got buck bedding. Most of the time, the does are, are herded together with the fawns and the yearlings. And so that's where you're going to find, you know, the bulk of your, your beds are going to be groups at a time when you find them. It's not like you're going to find just one bed. So when you get into those areas, mark those as doe bedding and, and utilize that because you could get, as I said before, good data in, get you good data out. So tracking what you're seeing is, is, a, is paramount because you're never going to remember it all. Either jot it down on your app or take notes with you in a notebook. Because trying to remember it all is, is virtually impossible. And, you know, the other thing that I like to do is look at the areas that I was successful with capturing trail cam pictures in daytime. And then learning why those areas were the areas that I was getting daytime pictures of deer that I'm trying to shoot, whether it's does or bucks. And working backwards from there. So go into your key areas that you were running cameras and getting daytime pictures and then work backwards from there. That is one way that I've found to be super productive in locating bedding because I'll take advantage of the weather now, whether we get some snow, going into areas that I know I had daytime pictures of bucks and working backwards and finding beds and then marking beds. 
And when you find a deer bed, don't, uh, you know, take some time to look around and, and try to surmise why he is where he is. Um, you know, get sit, sit, crouch down in there where the bed is and look around and see what you see. It, it sometimes it's pretty amazing how these animals set up and, and why they pick where they pick. There's there's definitely reasons behind it, especially the older mature bucks. It's amazing how many beds that I've found that where they set up, they're set up in a scenario where they are knowing when people are coming in and out of the property, where they're accessing from. If there's a primary access point, it's it's uncanny how many times there's beds that are relatively close to that, where they're watching that and they see it and they have a quick exit where they're getting away and, you know, not, not 40 or 50 yards, but, you know, they're able to get away and one or two bounds, they're where they're safe. And that, uh, it, it's just uncanny how often that happens when you find those types of areas and you're looking and you, you should get down in the bed and you, you realize what they see, what their visual is from being that low, what you can look at. And then how the wind blows, where it's coming from, if they're on a, excuse me, if they're on a ridge line or they're on a little bit of a shelf, how the wind comes downhill, the thermals, how it all works. It's just when you put it all together and, and you realize how these animals get to be as smart as they are and live as old as they do, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And that's that's one of the reasons that my target deer is a, is an age class, not an antler growth. But, you know, you get to a four and a half year old deer, it's pretty awesome what happens at that point and how they change what they do. And that goes for does as well. Um, I know I've probably been busted by more more mature does than I have bucks. And, you know, the one thing that a lot of times in the areas around here, a lot of people, you know, they'll pass on does because they're shooting bucks on private property. And you get an old wise doe into a group that knows where stands are and knows what's happening. That can be more devastating to a hunt than, than, a, than a mature buck. So if you get those old big nannies in there and, and they figure out what's going on, it's a good idea from, in my opinion, to, to get ahead and and eliminate them from the herd if you can, because they've hurt me more than they've helped me. That's for darn sure. But the other thing that we'd like to do during this time of the year, as I said, is you know get get people into the field with you and, and get other people interested into the into the hunting this time of the year is great. Again, because it's wide open, you can get out there and cover a ton of ground and see a ton of sign. So. Again, pay attention to where you're walking, moving slow. Don't get ahead of yourself. You know, you, you often you're walking through the woods and, you know, with it being open and clear, you can see a scrape line, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards away. And, you know, you hustle up over to that spot, but you walk past a lot of things in between where you saw that from and to where you needed to get to it. So take your time, go slow. And if you do, you know, find yourself hurrying along, get into a place, turn around and, and go backwards or, or, you know, look back behind you. Because I, I do that out of habit just for the fact that shed hunting, sometimes walking one direction, they don't stick out. But you look back behind you and you, you've walked, you know, past a shed that was only, you know, 15, 20 yards away from you. But the way you were walking, it didn't stick out. And you look back behind you and it's, it's, it's bam, it's right there. And that's the same thing with deer sign. Sometimes rubs are on the other side of the tree. And then often trails, sometimes the way that they are laid into the leaves or the way that they have them going one direction you can't see it but you look from the other direction and it's it's pretty obvious so just slow down take your time moving through the woods and enjoy the time out there and again note what you find either use your your app or a note notepad and 
jot down what you're seeing, what you're finding. This time of the year, I love to know when I'm, if I jump deer, where I'm jumping them from, try to get as close to where you jumped them from as that you can and, and look for their beds. So look what you're seeing for and get better at, at identifying them, especially if you know you just jumped them, then there should be beds to be found. So go into that area and try to see what you can find there and see if you can pick up their beds. See if you can know where they were, find how many were there. And in doing this, I think that it just makes you a better outdoorsman, a better woodsman all around. Uh, some of the, the best people that I learned from through the course of doing all this, and, and I myself, I trap as well. And that's the first thing that I was taught to do in trapping is just pay attention to all the details. And some of the best mentors that I had were just phenomenal trappers. And I think that to be a good trapper, you have to be a good woodman. And to be a better deer hunter, the better you are your woodmanship, the better of a hunter you're going to be, I believe, or the better of a killer you're going to be, the better you're going to be to put yourself in a position to close the deal versus just getting yourself in a spot where you can see deer, but seeing them and closing the deal are, are definitely two different things. So I hope that, uh, you know, some of these things that we're, we're talking about and going over help you out and put you in a spot where you can be a little bit more successful come than a season next year. And, and what you do this time of the year, I believe February and March, maybe even into April, um, I'm usually done by March just because turkey season starts and trout season kicks off. And, and I am try to be done by then and, and move on to the next thing because green up starts here as well. And then it just becomes a lot, a lot harder to get in and out of the woods and briars are everywhere. And it's, it's a lot tougher to see sign during that time of the year. But what you what you do now in February and March definitely makes a difference for how you do come September, October, November of this upcoming year. So I hope you're able to get out there and put to, put to use some of the tips that, that we're talking about here. And as always, if uh, you ever have any questions or anything you want to add, please go ahead and leave some comments. Subscribe. Hit the reminder button to make sure you don't miss any episodes as we drop new episodes on the Network Outdoors platform. We're, we're dropping a different podcast, going over different things quite often, um, whether it's fishing, hunting, out, anything outdoor related. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the reminder button so you know that uh, when we drop the next episode, you don't miss anything. We appreciate you tuning in and look forward to getting back with you guys next week. We appreciate you joining and wish everybody has a good day.